farmers are expected to do more and more for less and less. Uh, and that's happening in, in several ways. It's happening because of economics. Uh, prices for farmers in, in all sectors have not kept pace with the incredible increase in, in costs. So, you know, whereas 20 years ago, a 60 cow farm was, you know, a 60 cow dairy farm would deliver a very good living. Nowadays, people are expected to milk double that amount of cows to, to you know, to have a full-time living. That's economics. Uh, but what's also happening here is that uh, economics is driving farmers to, to go for a particular model of calving all of the cows or the vast majority of them in a kind of a short six-week period in dairy farms. And that's immense pressure on farmers. Uh, we hear stories all the time of farmers who don't have time to uh, eat properly during that, that six-week period. We hear stories of people who are terrified of getting any kind of sickness or injury during that period because the wheels can come off. And there simply is a huge problem with the availability of help, uh, whether that be part-time through you know, the Farm Relief Service or, or full-time help. And people are depending on families. And it's, it's really, it's, it's one of the big sustainability questions. We hear all the time about sustainability in terms of the environment. But I'd be far more, um, uh, I suppose, uh, concerned that for a lot of farmers, economic sustainability and work-life balance sustainability, how sustainable is it to have to work incredible hours during that busy calving time with very little help and be in a situation where if you get sick or if you just get worn out from exhaustion, you, you can't cope. And that's the reality facing a lot of people. And it is certainly a huge problem. Calving season, Eddie, obviously is one of the biggest times of the year. It's your 60 to 90 day window where all calves are generally born. If we have a shortage of labourers for that busy period, what's the knock on effect? The knock-on effect is, is, as I say, I think it's a sustainability issue. So you have maybe young, fit dairy farmers who can get away with this for several years. But, you know, not every year is, is the same. And if you get sick or if you get injured, um, then the whole thing becomes unsustainable very quickly. And I think one of the issues has been that for many years now, from my point of view, uh, I, I think it is simply wrong that, you know, when Chagas look at National Farm Survey figures or indeed profit monitor figures, uh, when they're talking about profits on farm, they don't actually um, correctly calculate for paying the farmer a wage for himself or herself. So in other words, every other business, when you're looking at the profits, whether that's a PLC or a small manufacturing business, uh, it doesn't matter, or a veterinary practice, when they're looking at their profitability figures, they've paid all of the staff members, including the managing director, before they talk about their profitability. But in farming, we assume that nobody has paid a wage. So when you see, for example, farm income figures, and you know sometimes in dairying, they look quite good. In cattle and sheep, they generally look disastrous. Uh, but it's important to understand that all of those figures for farm incomes are before you pay the main farm operator a wage. 
And that is, I think, a big error. And it's, it's a problem that has to be discussed at European level because Chagas are following European metrics on this. Um, it, 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 it creates, I think, an artificial um, sense of what's happening on farms. So if you don't pay yourself a wage and then you assume that you can take your wage out of profit afterwards, that's a big assumption. And it reflects the fact that, uh, you know, people are, are, are doing farm expansion plans, for example, but they have no account taken of the labor input required to, for example, double up the amount of cows on a farm. Uh, and, and I think that clearly... Uh, we have to look at this question of how much work can any one individual be expected to do and how do we have a sustainable system whereby if people get sick, if people get injured, if people get worn out, there are replacements put in, in, in place. Some of this is frustrated by the fact that the government is reluctant to provide uh, certificates for um, or licenses for, for workers to be brought in from abroad. Uh, and some of it is, is, is down to the fact of pure, simple economics. Farmers are being asked to do more and more for less and less. And that's in terms of the marketplace, but it's also in terms of declining value of cap supports and payments. And, and that's why farmers really are, are protesting and are frustrated, uh, not just here, but right across Europe. Eddie, just to finish on that point and uh, again to come to recruitment and you speak about burnout and we've had many conversations and I've no doubt we'll have many more about the health and safety implications of that as well. But I mean, you talk about being unsustainability if people keep keep getting burnt out, they'll eventually exit the sector. And I mean, particularly coming into calving season, this will is it likely that this will be reflected on the shelves now when we when we go into shops and we try to buy our dairy products or even even your beef products down the line that you could be looking at that reduction in supply well we in icsa met tesco a few weeks ago and they admitted that they were beginning to realize now that what they've done uh, is not sustainable and again, you know, we use the word sustainable all the time about environment, but sustainable means being able to do next year what you did this year, really, right? And one of the things that they accept now is that beef price on the shelves has more or less been unchanged for 10 years. Uh, and even if it had increased, it still doesn't solve the problem. The costs have gone up by exorbitant amount on farms, and that's fuel, fertilizer, feed, all of these things have gone up substantially. Now, we, we saw fertilizer prices, for example, double and go two and a half times in a short period of time. They've come back a bit this year, but they're still a lot more expensive than they were several years ago. Uh, and, you know, you can say that about all of the inputs that go into farming. So you can't really expect that farmers will continue to produce food year in, year out for the exact same nominal price on the shelves. Uh, and, you know, I, I see, for example, jars of coffee now costing 12 euros, but the price of two steaks are still available for a tenner. That's that's not realistic. Uh, um, and, and I think uh, we have to look at how do we make sure that people who are producing food have a work-life balance, same as every other sector of society, it has to be said, 
how do we make sure that they don't exceed the working time directive of the EU, which says maximum 48 hours? There's a lot of farmers at this time of the year will be far, far in excess of the 48 hour EU working time directive. But of course, none of these things are, are, are applied properly to self-employed farmers. And I, I, I would imagine there are other self-employed businesses in the same position, but I'll just talk about farmers. And it's simply not, it's simply not uh, acceptable nowadays, and it's, it's not sustainable.